Welcome to the Anglican Church of the Good Shepherd, Pelham, Alabama podcast. The presentation of Christ in his temple, which is also known as a purification of the Virgin Mary, is a feast day that's often forgotten completely by the church. There's many saints in churches today who have no clue that this is a feast day, much less what even is a feast day. And they don't realize how much every aspect of Christ's life is a redemption for our own souls. And so we have celebrated from ancient times the purification of St. Mary the Virgin, the presentation of Christ in his very own temple on this 40th day after Christmas. Because 40 days after Christ's own birth, the very first Christmas day when he was incarnated and when he was born of the Virgin Mary, he was presented on this day, 40 days thereafter, by St. Mary the Virgin into his own temple. The temple that had been rebuilt, not the original one that Solomon had built, for that one had been destroyed during the Babylonian captivity. But as the people of God were released some 70 years later, they began building, and they were continuing building actually, some several hundred years later, that temple that was to replace Solomon's temple, but never really and truly did replace it in terms of its image, in terms of its grandeur. But nevertheless, it was still the temple of the Lord where sacrifices were made unto the Lord, where atonement was made, purification was made for the people of God. And so there's a great and deep irony of the way God works in the Scripture, the way God enacts His plan of salvation to us, because He sends Himself, He sends His very own Son, God with us, Emmanuel, as a mere babe, some 40 days old, going in there into the temple, the very own temple where the people of God are worshiping Him. And here is God Himself. The babe being brought into that same place where the people are worshiping. And many don't even realize what's happening until Simeon and Anna bring it to their attention. Simeon running up to St. Mary, who's engaging in the ritual for purification. Although the irony is, here is this pure virgin who just delivered the pure son of God. She really needs no purification. But out of obedience to the law, here she is helping and assisting Christ Jesus to fulfill the law as a mere innocent babe, who obviously 40 days old can't get around himself, bringing him in because he has truly made her holy, just as all the firstborn males were reckoned in the old covenant to have made the woman holy through their birth. And they are given back unto God as a thanks to God. And then a sacrifice is made to redeem them to go back to the family. But the Son of God... He fulfills this law, and yet he always remains, first and foremost and always, the Son of God. The Son of God, he is bought back from God under the Old Covenant, and yet he is fully bound by the Old Covenant. Is the only one to complete the Old Covenant so that we may have new life through his death and resurrection. And we see that while the worship is ongoing, there would have been perhaps quite a commotion in terms of people praying all throughout and not praying silently as we typically do, but praying aloud, speaking their prayers. Think back to the parable of the tax collector and the Pharisee, where they're in the temple and Christ says that the Pharisee says, thank God I'm not like a sinner like this man. He's saying it out loud. He's praying to God aloud. And then likewise, you have the tax collector who is in the back, has his head bent down, and he doesn't even lift his head to say to God, you know, have mercy on me. I am a sinner. 
And so likewise, it would have been a similar dynamic of people in the front, people in the back, people all throughout the temple complex. Some praying, some praising, some bringing offerings for a variety of sin offerings, for guilt offerings, for grain offerings, for wave offerings, for all the offerings under the old covenant. And lo and behold, here is God himself in the flesh being brought forth by young St. Mary the Virgin. She's brought forward and she's performing the sacrifice. And as many a commentator and preacher has noted, the sacrifice that is being made is the poor sacrifice. There are options given in terms of what sacrifice could be made as you're redeeming, buying back the firstborn son. And it is the poor offering that is made for Christ because of the lowliness of the family he is coming from. But I want to emphasize, I want to point out how suddenly those who were surrounding Mary, who might have been around praising God, praying with God, are interrupted in their own prayers when Simeon bursts forth. And Simeon takes the child, it's said, that after the parents have brought the child Jesus in, in order to, quote, do for him after the custom of the law, the old covenant, then he, Simeon, took him up, scooped him up in his arms, and he blessed, he praised God. And he says this beautiful canticle that we sing in the daily offices, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And it's recorded that Joseph and Mary marveled, were amazed and dumbfounded at these things spoken over the Christ child Jesus by Simeon. Simeon has been expecting and longing for this day. He's an old man at this point, and yet it was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit, the scripture tells us, that you will not die before the Lord God reveals his anointed, his Christ, the long-awaited Messiah to you. And the Spirit spoke to Simeon that day, saying, there is the child. And he opens up with this beautiful song of praise, a song of praise that we continue to echo, that we typically sing in the offices after we have heard and received the gospel in the daily office readings. And so you can see this beautiful pairing in the way that we worship, that when we hear the gospel in the daily offices, we respond with the same words of Simeon, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace. As we typically are going from evening prayer into the evening hours and into sleep to depart in peace. And let us do so according to your word, O God. Because our eyes, like Simeon's, have seen the source of your salvation. Because anytime we hear the written word of God, the gospel proclaimed, we are seeing Christ Jesus who inspired those very words, lived those very words in the gospel, and fulfilled the very words of the old covenant. For the good news summed up by Simeon here is that Christ, even this babe coming in 40 days after his birth, fulfilling an aspect of the old covenant, is fulfilling the law for us and is the light to lighten the Gentiles. He is the one who said, let there be light, and it was. He was the one who enacted the light of the whole universe, and he is the light who enlightens us, the Jews and the Gentiles, and is therefore forever known as the glory of his people, Israel. And while this great astonishing thing is happening, Simeon turns and blesses Mary, 
but also tells her, Behold, this child, talking about Jesus, he is set for the fall and the rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce your own soul also, and the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Simeon finishing this prophecy here after his blessing of Mary, pointing out that she too will suffer as though a sword is piercing her own soul, for she too will be there as the nails pierce her own son there upon the cross. But that is why Christ has come, so that we may be redeemed by his shedding of his blood. And by his ministry, truly as Simeon prophesied, the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And all of our hearts are revealed there at the feet of the cross. And what great wickedness we have and what great evil we have and prone to sin we have. And our hearts are truly revealed because the law condemns. But Christ has taken on the law. He has conquered our sin. He has destroyed death. And so our hearts will not only be revealed for how wrong they are, but will be removed and will be given a new one through the power of the Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. And because Christ has risen from the dead, we have that promise. We have that down deposit, as St. Paul will write, of the glory of the Holy Ghost living within us, so that we may live, breathe, and move, no longer by our own wicked hearts, but by the new heart, the renewed heart, by the new spirit, the renewed spirit of the Holy Ghost that dwells within you and I through faith in Christ and what he accomplished, not only on this day, in the purification, in the presentation of the temple, but each day of his life, all the way to the cross, all the way through the three days in the tomb, all the way completed his resurrection, and then consummated through his ascension. And one day will be fully complete, fully manifest an epiphany to us all when Christ shall return and when God shall be in all and all. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the podcast for this week. We're expanding our ministries at Church of the Good Shepherd and expanding our space as well in order to better accommodate our growing church family and also to minister to our children. If you feel led to give, please feel free to text the word SHARE to 1-888-364-GIVE. Or additionally, visit us at www.goodshepherdacna.com and go over to the menu item listed Donate to Donate Online. We appreciate any help that you can give, and we hope to see you soon. Come visit us on Sundays at 9 a.m. for Bible study and at 10.30 a.m. for Sunday worship. God bless.